Father, we thank you for the morning. And Lord, as we open up our Bibles, as we begin to study this topic of love, I'm amazed by your sovereignty and your timing. So Lord, teach us today. Begin to teach us today how to love. Not as the world loves, with insecurity, but to love like Jesus loved, unconditionally and with total security. Lord, we need you. We need this message right now, today. And we ask you through your Holy Spirit to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we just finished studying the book of Jonah. In studying the book of Jonah, we found out that Jonah, a preacher, a prophet, a man who had been called by God and obviously loved God and knew God, had come to a place in his relationship with God that he no longer had to take the orders, but he could now give the orders. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't like those people. Those people are ugly. Those people are mean. Those people talk nasty. Those people do hateful things. And so God, I love people, but I don't love those people. And since I don't love those people, they don't deserve the grace that you have shown me. They don't deserve that grace, so I'm not going to go tell them. Now what do we find out? That the preaching prophet who should have been proud at the end was ultimately a pouting prophet who died or ended it with misery. Now, to his credit, he told the whole story. He let us see where he was. And I'm grateful that he let us see where he was because he said, if you do like I do or you do like I did, this is where you'll wind up. Now, how many of you want to leave here today pouting? Nobody, but let's, just for the sake of it, let's all make our pout face. You ready? What's your best pout face? Man, I don't want to leave here like that. I want to leave here with a happy face. So everybody make the happy face for me. How do you want to leave church today? Well, the key to a happy face is to say yes to Jesus. And Jesus said the way to say yes to me is, first of all, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He said, that's the first thing I want you to do. So this morning, if you want to be happy, love God. The second thing he said to me, he said, if you want to be happy, is not only do you love me, but you love your neighbor. Can you say it with me? Love my neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Oh, everybody. I like it back there. Say it again. Who's your neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. If God created them, Acts 17, 26, it says, out of one blood... He created us all. And so out of his creation, he said, love your neighbor. Jonah said, I'm going to pick and choose. Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians 13 said, you don't have a right to pick and choose. You can't choose. You've got to obey the commands of God. But I tell you this, don't ever discount a troubled time. Because in troubled times, where do we go? We go to God. In troubled times, where does our nation go? Man, people that hadn't prayed in forever been praying since yesterday. So we don't want to discount the troubled time. We don't want to live there. But Satan would like for us to sit down and say, it's over, it's done with. God would say, I have a future, I have a plan, I have a hope. 
I will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is stayed on me. So this morning we need to be stayed on, if you will, God. And we need to be stayed on what God says do and God says love. I want to give you another example, though, of someone that, that tried to do it their way. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 16, this is Jesus talking. And Jesus is using a parable here. You know what a parable is, right? It's a story with a spiritual truth that God wants us to apply. He's, in other words, it's this. I don't know if you'll get it if I lay it out there like it really is, so I'm going to lay it out to you like you'll understand it. It's a good teaching method. And so Jesus said, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. He had a lot. And he thought with himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool! This night your soul will, will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So he is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Do you see that verse 21? Not rich towards God. The problem was not that this man had a lot. This, the problem was not that this man stored a lot. The problem was that this man who had been blessed and given saw that everything was for himself instead of the kingdom of God. His heart was not rich toward God. The rich man, I will build. I have so much. So what does matter most to God? Galatians 5, 6 would say, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. In other words, if you're a follower of Christ, what matters to God this morning is do you have love in your heart for your fellow man? What matters to God this morning is if you don't have love in your heart towards your fellow man today, are you willing to let God change your heart and say, God, here I am, I want you in me and I want you to come out of me. And you say, well, I don't want to love. I want to be like Jonah. I don't want to go to Nineveh. Well, then you are not rich towards God. And that, the God, God says, is foolish. So this morning, we, the body of Christ, we need to be rich toward God. And we need to understand that when Jesus came, Ephesians 2 would tell us that when Jesus came, He came not to divide but to unite. He came to create one body. You understand this. Once we become a follower of Christ, we are not a citizen of the United States and a citizen of North Korea. But once we're in the body of Christ, we're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And when we become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, we are told that we are to love one another. Jonah said, I'm a citizen of Israel. I don't have to go to Nineveh. God said, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, and you better go where I tell you. Hear me. 
God has a plan. And God's plan is a perfect plan. And so today, we don't look at people and say, well, he is from Mexico. He is from Nigeria. He is from Alabama, another foreign country. (laughs) No! We are all citizens of heaven. And we better love here because when we get there, we're going to all be there. So people today, listen to me. There are people that do not follow God. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to love them. There are people who have, who have wrong ideology. What am I supposed to do? I need to love them. There are people I'm walking in step with. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to love them. And I love them how? I love them through prayer. God, I don't know what's going on here, but I trust you. And I know that you have told me that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask who? So I can't watch Fox or CNN and get my wisdom? Oh, probably not, should I? Because they are pundits. You know what a pundit is? It's somebody who takes something and turns it to the way that they want you to believe it. All right? We want wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Where do we get, how do we get that? He says, we ask Him. So today, I don't know what to do. Lord, I don't know what to do, but you tell me if I'll ask you, you'll give me wisdom. Oh no, what if he's not clear? Well, he says, if my mind is stayed on him, what? He will give me perfect peace. Oh, not imperfect peace. Perfect peace. Not a piece of peace as we learned Wednesday night in Bible study, but he will give me complete peace. That's who I want to call on. That's where I want my information. That's where I want my direction. That's where I want my wisdom to come from. That's why I want to know how to relate to people and to respond to evil. I want it to come from God. So we want our minds rich towards the things of God. So God says the great commandment, love God. Second commandment, to love your neighbor like yourself. Jonah did not give us a good example of that. So now we want to go to another place in Scripture where I believe we can find that. So we're going to read the book of 1 Corinthians. Not the book of 1 Corinthians. Woo, that'd be a lot. We're going to read the book, the chapter of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. So you can open your Bibles and follow me, or you can just sit and soak it up and say, Holy Spirit, Feel me right now. does not matter to me. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. So it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, So that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. 
bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. So Lord Jesus, teach us to love this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. When a speaker tries to get your attention, they will say something over and over and over. It will be repetition. Um, And in the first three verses of this passage, Paul says the same thing Five different ways. He says it to me, he says it to me again, and he says it to me again, and again, and again. He says, I want you to understand the most important thing in life is love. Your relationships are what matter most. In fact, if we look at these first three verses, I want to show you what Paul is beginning to teach us. In verse 1, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Follow me in your outline now. You can start writing in blanks. If I do not have love, nothing I say will matter. He says you can say it eloquently. You can say it intelligently. You can say it entertainingly. It does not matter how you say it. You can have people on the edge of your seat. But if you say it and you don't have love... It's nothing but a lot of noise. So everybody, I want you to do this with me right now. Let's start doing it. La 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 la. I can't hear you. La 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 la. That is what it's like when we start talking and we don't have love for our fellow man. They say, I hear you, but I don't know what you're saying. Because my actions are not matching. And Paul wants us to understand that. Nothing I say will matter. But look at verse 2 because he doesn't stop there. He goes back and says, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, he says, Nothing I say will matter if I don't have love. Nothing I know will matter if I don't have love. How is it you can graduate magna cum laude, summa cum laude, and cum laude? And some of y'all graduated, thank you, laude. I know. I got it. I've been there. I got that diploma. Yes, I do. And let me tell you what, on the end of the day, it hangs on my wall just like yours. So it's all right, ain't it, coach? Yes, sir. I'm with you. Listen, it does not matter what you know. You can know it all. But if you don't love your neighbor, he says, you just got knowledge. But keep going. He says, you can have all faith. So that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Nothing I say will matter. Nothing I know will matter. Nothing I believe will matter. 
Many people think that all it takes to be a good Christian is to believe, to have faith. Paul says, no, you can have faith. And faith is a good thing. In fact, the scripture says it's by faith that we're saved. But if I take that faith and receive that gift of love and don't turn around and reciprocate and give that gift of love, he says, nothing. That's all it is. It's nothing. But keep going. In verse 3, he says to me, And though I bestow <clears throat> all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Nothing I give will matter. We can give away everything we own and say, Surely, God, look at me. I'm approved by you. God, look. Last year at Mount Zion Baptist Church, I gave more than everybody else in the whole church. In fact, it took like 10 people, God, to give what I gave. So, God, I know you're happy with me. I don't know how about God will be, but I'll be happy with you. So, let's just get that clear this morning. All right? He says, I could, you could look and say, the foundation of my faith is the size of my offering. And Paul says, it's nothing. doesn't matter. It was generous. And it might be a blessing. But it's not going to place you in a better position with God. It's not going to place you in a better position with your fellow man. We can give for the wrong reasons. Have a friend that he had a really bad year in his business. This was when we were in Valdosta. He had a really bad year in his business. And the Lord convicted him about tithing. So he began to tithe, truly tithe, to give. And it was a lot. And God blessed his business unbelievably that year. So in his mind, he said, I didn't give anything. I had a bad year. The next year I tithed, I had a great year. God, next year I'm going to give 40%, not because I want to love you or serve you, but because I want you to give me a whole lot more. He had a bad year. See, he was giving for the wrong reason. He wasn't giving because he loved God in the kingdom. He was giving because he just wanted more. God says, you can give, and he wants you to give. But he said, make sure your giving is for the purpose. So nothing I say will matter if I don't have love. Nothing I know will matter if I don't have love. Nothing I believe will matter if I don't have love. Nothing I give will matter if I don't have love. But keep on. Nothing I accomplish will matter. And though I give my body, in other words, the ultimate sacrifice, no matter what I say or what I believe or what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. I walked into an office recently, and the person was very, 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 proud of their accomplishments they were on the wall and so I walked in I started talking pretty quickly as we were getting into the purpose of the meeting he said as you can see I'm qualified and I said well as I can see you framed a lot of certificates but don't know if you're qualified but yes I understand what you're saying he said but if you don't have love nothing you are in life will ultimately matter because what is it, naked you were born, and that's the same way you'll leave? Um, 
I saw a little meme this morning. It's, uh, and it had a really big, rich house. It said Rico, and then it had just a very small house, and it said Pobre, and then it had two graves. At the bottom, it said Rico and Pobre, and they looked exactly the same. Yeah. Nothing you accomplish if you don't have love will matter. So that's what Paul begins to teach us. He's teaching it over and over. The only thing that matters to God is do I love him and do I love other people? So what is love? First of all, love is a command. 2 John 1.6 This is love that we walk according to his commandments. God commands you to love each other. God commands us to have a love relationship. Now, listen to me. Love at first sight does happen. But it's not automatic. Love is work. Every day, love is work. I think Miss Gail has to get up every day and say, it's a commandment, i got to love him. Because he is coming home this afternoon. Yes, it's a commandment. It's a commandment. And that's not a, by the way, that's not a discredit to her. She is loving, good, and giving. I'm the one that always forgets to bring stuff home and that kind of thing. Yes, it's a commandment. We are, I should never use her name in a sermon. Because it never comes out the way it was in my mind. So, whoop. Elizabeth, scratch that part, please. Got it? Awesome. She's in nursery. Love is a command. This is the commandment that we walk according to his love. All right, so love is a commandment. Love is a choice. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says pursue love. That means that I need to pursue the relationship. Kathy, when you and I are out in the store and we see each other and we act like we don't know each other, then i got to get up and do what? Hey, Kathy! How are you? We go to church together. We want these folks to know we like each other. Yeah. It's work. Because sometimes we're shy and sometimes we're introverted and sometimes we don't know if that person wants to talk to me. Man, I've seen Gordon a lot of times and I walked around the corner because I didn't want him to know I was there. Not really. But I'm telling you, that's what we think in our minds, that I see Gordon out, and I think, Gordon doesn't really want to speak to me. I know he's nice to me at church, but he doesn't really like me. And so I'm going, okay. But no, what I need to do is I need to say, Gordon, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. Listen to me. Folks aren't going to know if you love each other, if you don't, like, make them know. So that's why Paul said, pursue love, right, Miss Pat? we got to love people. When they don't do what we want them to do on open gym, we got to tell them we love them. And I just want you all to know, Miss Pat can tell people at open gym that she loves them. She hollered, how do you do it? Listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. We pursue love. It's a choice. Love is a conduct. 1 John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's a behavior. What is it? Um, the one spouse is complaining that the other spouse never says, I love you. And the one says, well, I told you. 
on the day we got married, if it changes, I'll update you? That probably is not going to work. You probably need to look and say, baby, I love you. And you need to back it up with behavior. And how we act. Same is true in church. Man, we need to love. But listen to me. Love is not all gushy. Love is sometimes loving somebody enough to work through the conflict. Sitting down and saying, I love you enough to walk through the discomfort of this moment. Because on the other side, I don't want us to be divided. On the other side, I want us to work through the difference. That's not easy. Because Satan has convinced us that conflict is a bad thing. And conflict to divide is a bad thing. But conflict that brings us together is a good thing. Because if we can sit down and discuss it and work through it and say, I didn't see that the way you saw it, but I tell you what, I sure do love you enough to get there. That's an amazing thing. It happens in your friendships. It happens in your church relationships. It happens in your marriage. It happens on your job. And we've got to work through it. And it's okay. And guess what? It's okay to agree to disagree. But what's not okay is to say, Psh, ain't talking about that. That's uncomfortable. No. Love. It's a conduct. It's a behavior. We are looking for ways to say, I love you. Love is a commitment. 1 John 4, 16. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Abides. It's the decision that, God, I will follow you. It's the decision that, God, your ways are perfect. And, God, there's nothing that comes into my life today that hasn't first passed through your hands. So, God, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to your cause. I'm committed to your purpose. And, God, hand in hand, we're going to walk through this because I believe not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, we can overcome. Yes. People who stay in long-term relationships do not stay in them based on the feeling. But they stay in them based on the decision to walk side by side. If you're married any length of time, there are days that you are there because of the commitment. There are days that you have to walk through it, work through it, persevere through it. There are days that you have to sit down and look at the money and say, oh no, we got to spend less. There are days that you have to look and say with the behavior, oh no, we can't do this. Or we must do that. Love from Scripture, it's a commitment. Love from Scripture, it's a conduct. Love from Scripture, it's a choice. Love from Scripture, it's a command. So how? How do I live a life of love. First, I must learn how mature love acts 
and responds. How does mature love act? Because you know what? If I watch television, if I listen to Hollywood, if I listen to music, I'm not going to get a true picture of mature love. I'm going to get a picture that says, you meet my need, and as long as you meet my need, I love you, but at the moment that you quit meeting my need, I'm out of here. That is not security. So Scripture says to us what mature love is. Scripture would teach us that pure love protects. Scripture would teach us that pure love provides. Scripture would teach us that pure love, true love, stays. Mature love stays and works through it. Paul actually talked to us a little bit. He says that love, God's love, suffers long. Is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Listen to me. In your human fleshly nature, apart from the indwelling Christ, you cannot love as God tells us to love. It's a supernatural work. It's a work of surrender. It's a work of commitment. It's a work of saying, not I, but Christ in me. Mount Zion Baptist Church, we are uniquely positioned in a wonderful community to show the love of God. And people are watching. They're asking, how do you do it? How do you do it? And we want to show them. We don't want to put it under a bushel. We want to put that light on a hill and let it shine. So how do we live a life of love? We learn how mature love acts and responds. We start our day with a reminder to love. Remind yourself every morning that the greatest thing that you can do for humanity is to love them. So when you get behind the really slow person, God tested me on this this morning, by the way. I mean, so much tested me on this. The lady in front of me just wanted a sausage patty. That's all she wanted. And let me tell you how she ordered her sausage patty. She said, I would like a bacon egg and cheese, I mean a bacon sausage and cheese croissant. But could you hold the croissant, the cheese, and the egg? And the lady on the other end didn't understand it, and I'm giving her credit because neither did I. And finally the lady said, ma'am, do you just want a sausage patty? She said, yes, that'll work. I wanted to get out of my car and jump up and down on her bumper and say, don't do it that way again when I'm behind you. But God wonderfully and graciously reminded me that in just a matter of a couple of hours, I was going to have to start my day with a reminder to love. And so, Lord, this is what I did, true, true statement. I said, Lord, I thank you for the lady that you put in front of me. But if you're going to put it in front of me again, would you let her clarify her order first? 
Because I thought that would be the easiest way to love her. I really did. So if y'all get behind that lady, just go ahead and blow the horn. Learn how mature love acts. Start your day with a reminder to love. God, I'm going to love people today. Lord, every time I get a chance, I'm, I know that I'm going to run into somebody that needs love. So let me step out of the way. Can I tell you some of the ways we're loving people here at Mount Zion Baptist Church right now? Um, we have a group of ladies. If you're going through grief and you want a group of people to, to gather with, to, to work through that grief and to pray for each other, we have a group of ladies that meets at Truett's Luau on the first Saturday of the month. And you can go and be a part of that group. If you want to know more, I'm happy to get you in touch with them. We have a group of people that are saying, hey, you know what? I want to hang out with my church family more. So the first time they're going to do it is September the 8th. They're going to put, pick a restaurant, and we're going to announce it. And whoever wants to come can come hang out. And uh, we're just going to be Mount Zion Baptist Church in the community, loving each other and loving the people that come around us. The restaurants aren't going to be high dollar. They're going to be affordable. And I'm okay with chili cheese pups because they're not expensive and they show are good. And then Sean this morning said, all right, first of all, is there anybody in this room that does not know what a chili cheese pup is? Well, let me tell y'all, we are going to go somewhere and eat chili cheese pups together because it's like, awesome. It's not two hours after, but for that moment, hallelujah, mm, it's amazing. So if you never had one, go to Crystal, drive through and say, my pastor said I need a chili cheese pup. You get two things there. Number one, you get a chili cheese pup, which is good. Second, somebody's going to say, why did your pastor tell you to do it? You can say, well, I was at church. Where do you go to church? Then you can share the gospel and get a chili cheese pup. And if you'll save the receipt, if you do that and save the receipt, I will reimburse you. Yes, I will. Because that would be so awesome. Where are we? Yeah, we are loving people. We've got to learn how to do it. We've got to start doing it. We've got to memorize what God says about love. Because let me tell you, you're going to get in moments and things are going to happen. And your flesh is going to want to take over. And the scripture says, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against God. That's right. You've got to know it. If you want to live it, you've got to learn it. And if you want to learn it, you've got to memorize it. That's why we do scripture memory. That's why we want to put the word of God in our heart. Um, we want to practice acting in unselfish and loving ways. So if, if I am a... I am a man, never mind. Since I am a man, that is not up for debate. Since I am a man... And I am walking with or in a crowd of people and the person right next to me is a lady. What would be proper etiquette for me? No, I'm at a door, sorry. I'm sorry, I should have put that in the equation, shouldn't I? That matters! Okay, so can I, can I start that all over again? So we'd like to edit the Gail comment and we want to edit that one too, please. All right, so, since I am a man, 
and I am walking, and I come to a doorway, and there's a lady beside me. What is proper etiquette? I open the door. That is practicing love. It looks and says, I love you. I was reminded of that this week because me and Miss Connie that works here at the church, we were walking, and I opened the door one time, and she didn't say anything about it. I opened the door the second time, and she said, well, aren't we being a gentleman today? That's two for two. I'm thinking, what did I do the other days? I mean, if it's that noticeable that I did it, it must be that I hadn't been doing it. So I was like, God, please help me remember to do that. Yeah, we want to love people, but we've got to start thinking of some ways that we can show love. Um, <laughs> this is true, too. Um, do y'all know what um, hers, hers, H-E-R-R? Apostrophe S, it's a brand of snacks. They make these things called jalapeno. This is food day. Y'all know I'm hungry, right? Um, there's these things called jalapeno poppers. They burn so good. They really are awesome. Well, there's a lady that works with Gail that loves them, but they are so popular at InTouch that the vending machine runs out all the time. And this lady goes to get her jalapeno poppers, and they're not there. So Gail and I have been to multiple grocery stores looking for jalapeno poppers. We could not find them. So she went online, and she called the, the manufacturer of jalapeno poppers, and she said, I would like to buy a case of them. So at my house, I have ten honking big bags of jalapeno poppers that she's going to take with her work to her tomorrow and hand to this lady and say, I love you. I hope she only takes nine because I'm going to steal one of them because I like them too. <laughs> but that was a choice. It was a decision. We need to look for ways that we can look at people and tell them we love them. We practice unselfish ways. We get involved with other people. Have you ever said to yourself or said to somebody or had somebody say, oh, you ought to reach out to them. They don't want me to reach out to them. They don't want to talk to me. They wouldn't like me. That kind of statement. You know who authors that statement? The devil. And truth is, they might not like you, but Jesus does, so you don't care. You go to them and say, hey, how are you? How, how's it going? You get involved. That's why we have life groups. We want people to get involved in relationships with other people. Ephesians 5.2 says this. And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us. Walk in love. How? As Christ does. How did Christ love? He emptied himself of heaven and came to earth. Walked into a garden and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He went to a cross and he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he died. He went into a tomb and he came out on the third day victorious so that you could experience real love, so that you could give real love. 
God has called us to be the church. And he's called the church to love. Is it work? Yes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Father, we thank you this morning for laughter. We thank you for the scripture. We thank you for blunders. We thank you for awkward moments. We thank you for the truth that we find in scripture. And the things that you want us to know. And things that we can learn when we're together as the body of Christ. Lord, you are good to us. Yes, we're living in troubled days. Yes, we're living in divided days. But you tore down the veil. You tore down the wall. And you, through the blood that you shed on the cross, have said, I have made you one people, citizens of heaven. God, teach us to love those that do not know you. Teach us to love those who are different from us. God, teach us to take your love into the highways and to the hedges and compel people to come in that the house of God may be full. Lord, we need you.